0: It is the 200 level episode 335, Mike Carpenter in the basement, third time's the charm, couldn't quite get the intro right, but here we are on a Tuesday afternoon, early evening, in a bit of an unusual time, and you might have noticed that some of the video podcasts, they're, you know, I'm not doing them all the time, it can be tricky after work trying to set up the exact time that I'm going to come down here, and I often... Overpromise or under-deliver. What would be the the term for that Uh, as far as when I'm actually going to get downstairs to do this? But we are here, and sure enough, there is plenty of news regarding Illinois basketball. Now, I want to be careful with this podcast because it seems like often, and Twitter is one such example of this, words can be mischaracterized. And intent and what you're really trying to say, it can be kind of garbled up by others and completely just mistaken for something that it's not. I'm not foaming at the mouth. Sometimes I do, and maybe today I might later on, but when I talk about the current state of Illinois basketball and my concerns with it, it is coming from a place of, hey, things are going pretty good. I like the overall state of things for the most part, but it is okay for us to address some concerns, namely retention, keeping guys. Today, Jaden Epps moves on, and we saw late in the season that Jaden Epps was not exactly lighting the world on fire. There were problems with his game. Chief among them, defense, and then the concussion happened, and it never recovered. He played very little in the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament. He was a non-factor. And even before that concussion, we started to see a little bit of slippage. In fact, if you take out the Minnesota game, uh, and I was listening to Jeremy and Mike Tulip talk about this earlier today, if you take out that Minnesota game, his Big Ten three-point percentage was pretty ghastly. So with all that in mind, Losing Jaden Epps, it's not like you're losing a surefire All-American. It's not as if you can't go out and get a better player. Let's start with that. That's the good news. And I think that Brad Underwood has shown the ability to go out and get guys. But I go back to the word retention. And that is something that he's not been particularly good at. By my count, and I figured this out today and I even forgot some of the names on the list, but Io and Trent are the only Brad Underwood commits and i i put trent in there because he committed to gross but then stuck with underwood so i know people on twitter were trying to correct me on that i want trent are the only guys that signed out of high school to play for brad underwood and finished out their playing career college playing career with illinois io goes pro early makes sense trent plays five years demonte if you want to throw him in there sure guard forward whatever but then there's the list of guys that Underwood has recruited in the backcourt that did not finish their careers as a line Illini. Mark Smith being the first. And one of my worst moments as a broadcaster is when I said, this is the biggest commitment for Illinois since D. Brown. I said that in 93.5 and boy is there an ache on my face even six, seven years after that momentous occasion when I was so hyperbolic about it. Yeah, Mark Smith was no D Brown, and in fact, he just kind of had a eh, college career, though he had some decent years for Missouri and one for Kansas State. A journeyman, not a guy that would have put you over the top, but nonetheless, that was the first big Underwood recruitment, or the first big commitment, for sure, and he left after one year. Alan Griffin, whatever the circumstances may have been, left after two years. Then you had, oh God, see, this is where the list starts. Okay, Adam Miller. After one year, despite starting all year, Andre Curbello, Brandon Pajimski, Sky Clark, now Jaden Epps. So that's seven or eight guys right there that have been guards that you recruited out of high school that have left after a fairly short amount of time. Retention. When I look at the teams that are still alive in the NCAA tournament, even while well, the Ford Atlantics are kind of their own thing, You know, that's a team that kind of had to build it from the ground up, and Dusty May just might be that dude, and I do not look forward to the day when he's Indiana's head coach because that's kind of a scary proposition. In fact, before I forget about it, if I'm Indiana, I actually see if I can't find another job for Mike Woodson. They won't do it, and it's probably not the right thing to move Mike M- Woodson, but boy would I consider it. Anywho. I look at the teams that are in this Final Four, and while, of course, there are dynamic transfers, especially like a UConn, that's a program that will work the portal, there is continuity. And the reason the word retention is so big for me is that if you are going to truly succeed, it needs to be a balancing act between guys that have been in the program and know the culture and then supplemental guys out of the portal and maybe the occasional superstar out of the portal. The reason why this year probably fell flat on its face, (sighs) let me rephrase, it didn't fall flat on its face, but it certainly didn't land with the same impact that maybe we were hoping, is because, quite frankly, the culture was amiss. And of course, there were on-court issues that might have even been larger than the -the off-the-court issues, namely the lack of a true point guard and bad shooting. Yeah, that's a problem, but I think we all recognize there was something else going on under the surface. And some of the comments after the season seemed to indicate that there were things going on. And we may never find out what those things are, but you can probably speculate that not everything was hunky-dory. But if you're really going to build this thing the right way, and now we're six years into the Brad Underwood experience, I'd like to see some faces return. Dane Danger does. Ty Rogers, Luke Goody appear to be. RJ Melendez Uh uh-oh today he changed his Twitter or sorry Instagram avatar and his biography so who knows what's going on with that and uh yeah (laughs) I'm I'm starting to think that this is not the only name that will be going Coleman Hawkins says he's going to test NBA draft waters that makes sense but with Jaden Epps why this is troublesome is, again, not so much that he was a surefire, can't-miss guy going into his sophomore year. I, I think there were actually going to be maybe a few more questions than answers with him. But he did prove that he could produce at a high level as a freshman. You would think that with development, he could become more consistent. and The defense might come. It didn't come right away for Trent Frazier. And that maybe by getting a veteran point guard, he could have played off the ball, and that would have helped him out too. But whatever the sales pitch was or was not, whatever the closed-door meeting was and everything that that entailed, Jaden Epps is no longer on your team. And the two guards that you brought in to really lead the way for the long term, Sky Clark and Jaden Epps are gone. And if this is something you would have told me a year ago or when, you know, what is it, 10 months ago when you locked down Sky Clark, that you would have lost both of them, I would have said, well, there's a problem here. So... Before I get too far into this, and this is a college basketball thing, I, I recognize that, but I also think there are some localized issues that we can talk about here and not just chalk it up haphazardly to, oh, it's college basketball. Before we get too far into that, I want to remind you, 200 Levels brought to you by DPDO. all online at dpdough.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdo.com. These guys deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So go online to dpdow.com, get a custom zone with any topping you want, or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone, and their signature dipping sauce at dpdo.com. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Look forward to the day that he can come back down for a second-half podcast. Football season, not that far away. Maybe we'll do it for that as well. Uh, But Brian, also someone you can trust with your insurance matters. That is brianismyguy.com. State Farm agent Brian Hanson, brianismyguy.com. And Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Give them a call today at 217-841-4728. We have them coming for our air conditioning checkup here in, uh, I think, a few weeks. It's getting to be that time. So give them a call today to get yours scheduled at 841 4728 That's Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Also, the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate them. Appreciate you. Uh, A couple tuning in on YouTube on this odd timing for sure, and then also for all of you listening at home, in your car, at the office, wherever it may be. All right, back to the subject at hand. I want to be careful as a fan because you all know how high I was on Underwood coming into this year. And I want to also be clear, I'm not not high, to use the double negative, on Underwood. I still think that he can get it done, and I trust that he will make adjustments going into this Portal season. However, I'm seeing a little bit of, let's call it blind spot-itis. You know, this is what fandom does. I'm seeing a lot of the same, I'm gonna say rehashed narratives or excuses as to why what's going on, it's not a big deal. It happens. And to be honest, I mean, as much as I love listening to Jeremy and Michael Tulip, the one thing today that I thought they glossed over a little bit, and it is a great podcast and Mike is the goods and Jeremy is, of course, as well. I felt they glossed over the the attrition, the lack of retention, especially in the backcourt by just saying it's a college basketball thing. I think they glossed over that. Now, as to why I think that, I, I think that there might be a few factors here. From Michael Tulip's perspective as a former player and a guy that probably had to be a pretty hard-nosed individual, I'd imagine it might be hard for him to relate to the likes of Jaden Epps. And he didn't say as much, but I imagine it'd be hard for him to say, how the hell is this kid, this highly uh, highly touted recruit, going to come in and leave after one year? What kind of you know, <laughs> Gen Z? Is that what it is? What kind of Gen Z crap is that? I get the feeling Michael Tulip uh, would not take kindly to that, but he's also very measured in what he says. So he's not going to criticize Jaden Epps. And I think that him not necessarily criticizing Underwood for this is, hey, you know, these players know what they're signing up for. And I agree with that notion. The players at least should know what they're signing up for and the family should know what they're signing up for. And I'll get to that in a bit. And then Jeremy, you know, he's closer to the program than I am. So he might have a little bit, more context than I do. And yes, we all saw the body language with Jaden Epps at the end of the season with Dane Danger, and that's why it was mildly surprising that he elected to come back, and that is a big return. But one of the tired, rehashed things I'm seeing on Twitter is this is happening everywhere. Now, that is to some extent true. Transfer Portal has made everything a little bit crazy, and that is almost Universal. I don't know if there's a resource or a website that you could track how many transfers have left each program since this thing started. I would imagine Illinois would be somewhere in the top half, but hell if I know. I mean, to keep track of 300 some Division I teams in the transfer portal would be quite a bit. But I think the thing of these rehash narratives that tires me the most is this I put the list out there today on Twitter of the guards that came and went relatively quickly. And there were many replies along the lines of, well, they didn't do so much for their next team. Or, well, that guy was a diva. That guy was a baby. That guy, he had bad handlers. His parents were prima donnas. They wanted this, that, or the other. All of which may be true. But this leads me to my main point with why that's a problem anyway. Who recruited him? Brad Underwood recruited these guys. So, if we're going to criticize the character of these players, and I'm not above that, I'm not above criticizing a young person for making a pretty haphazard decision, like, you know what, I'm out of here. Kid, you were here for eight months. What the hell? Okay, yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. But who recruited them? Brad Underwood recruited them, these are his guys. Did he not vet them enough? Did he not evaluate them enough in the high school recruiting process to figure if they could handle it or not? With Ty Rogers, it was a foregone conclusion. Of course he can handle it. You could have read that a mile away. And he's probably going to be a cornerstone for your program going forward, and I'm glad for that. Luke Goody, same thing. There probably is a template out there. And certainly, sometimes you got to take some risk and go for talent, even if you aren't 100% sure about their character or toughness or whatever other buzzword you want to throw out there. But if we're going to fall into the trap of criticizing these players, and again, you don't need to feel like, oh, I got to be above that. I mean, these guys are starting to make a little bit of money. So if I'm okay with that, I'm fine with it. And if we're also going to play the game of, ah, we didn't need him so much anyway. You know, what it reminds me of is in Spinal Tap, there's this joke where Spinal Tap continues to get gigs canceled because they're fading in popularity, and their manager always tries to tell them, ah, it's not a big deal, and they're, they're playing Boston, they lose a gig in Boston, and he says, ah, I wouldn't worry about it, Boston's not a big college town anyways. The joke being, it's the biggest, most quintessential college town in the world, the point being, the more we go along this journey, and we say, ah, we didn't need him, ah, who needs that guy, I don't think we're really in a position to say that just yet. Right now, the guards on the roster are Sincere Harris and Nic- Niccolo Moretti. Niccolo Moretti. And, I don't know, Ty Rogers, you want to throw him in there? Those are your guards. Terrence Shannon, maybe he comes back. I don't know, but we're going to bank on that. And even if he does, is that I mean, that'd be huge, of course, from a production standpoint. But I think the intangibles leave you wanting a little bit. So that's your backcourt, and while it's early, you're in a position of having to completely rebuild your backcourt again. I don't think that's an enviable place to be. And yes, he could go out and upgrade, and I would love for that to be the case. I would love for a little bit of egg to go right on my face and say, "Carp, you, you foaming at the mouth, idiot. Look at what you're doing here. You're criticizing, and look at how it all worked out beautifully which is what I thought was going to happen this last season with all the talent they brought in. I thought, well, this is going to just be amazing. And it wasn't quite. But I just think it's kind of poo-pooing it a little bit too lightly to just say, yeah, Epps was soft. Maybe he was. And as a teacher, I can tell you. I the, the, My biggest thing is less of the students, but more with parents or this generation of parents that sometimes just let their kids do whatever the hell they want. And as a teacher, I, I again, apples and oranges, but I can kind of empathize with Brad Underwood that he probably finds himself in situations where he's like, are you kidding me? I'm having to placate a 17, 18-year-old at a high-level D1 basketball school. I'm having to kowtow to his frickin' parents. I'm sure that is maddening. But when they're high school guys that you've been in on, you need to have more I don't know, knowledge, more of a pulse, uh, an idea of what buttons to push and what buttons not to push. I mean, we saw the way that he and Jaden Epps interacted a few times, including the blow up Was it at Indiana, getting right in his face. And I, Listen, I'm no softy here. I, again, if he wants to yell sometimes, that's okay. It is in his, his purview to yell occasionally at players. And you know what? If you're that level of athlete, you should be able to take it sometimes. But a complete dressing down of someone right in their face? There, there have to be some other buttons to push, too. And as a coach, as a really highly paid college basketball coach, you have to recognize that on the recruiting trail and then in the huddle and a practice and all of that. When you continue to lose guards, when after Io DeSumo gets drafted in the first round or early second round and he's doing well for the Bulls and all the success he had here, you couldn't parlay that into your next feature guard. We're still waiting the post-I.O. Trenton-Kofi era, we're waiting for the next homegrown stud. And I don't know when that next one is going to be because you keep losing half of them. So we can say that this is the new reality in college basketball, and that would be accurate to a degree. But just because it's happening everywhere doesn't need doesn't mean it, all, it has to happen here to this extent either. I, I think that is a bit lazy and a bit of a cop-out. To just say it's happening elsewhere, therefore no big deal. When I think we would agree that there were things, underlying issues this year, and an overall vibe that was off, that would tell you not everything is peachy keen over at the oven. Is it still relatively good? Yes. Is it still better than John Gross? Yes. Am I completely sold on it right now like I thought I would be? No. And maybe that's where my frustration is coming out. I thought for sure that this season was going to be kick-ass. And the UCLA and Texas game did me no favors in that department. It just made me think, oh, it's going to be really, really kick-ass. And then perhaps we would be one of these teams playing into late March. But that isn't the case. Okay, I can go with that. And I don't think that my displeasure is necessarily influenced right right now in this moment. I don't know how much I should say it's being influenced by the on-court disappointment. But when you take the overall vibe, the totality of it, You cannot sit here and say that you feel better about Illinois basketball on March 28th, 2023 than you did March 28th, 2022. I think you'd be lying if you said that. And in this name image likeness era and the portal era where I think Underwood can manage it and I think he can make the necessary adjustments, you would have to, if you're being honest with yourself, admit there are more questions on March 28th, 2023 than there were March 28th, 2022. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. And it's not saying fire Brad Underwood, not by any stretch, but it is okay to ask questions. And I just want to push back on the the Twitterverse or parts of the message boards that are, not everything has got a golden hue to it. And I hope more than anything, well, maybe I hope for a 9-1 football season more. I probably do at this point. I'm just feeling that a little bit more at the moment. But right alongside that 9-3 and football season, I hope beyond hope that this was the bump in the road, and it very well might be. But there's work to do. And if this is the rinse and repeat thing for Illinois basketball, and if you want to take it further and say for all of college basketball, this is the new reality, okay, well, let's address that real quick. It's not as fun. And maybe part of my displeasure is that, vocalizing that, wait, 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 you're telling me that the sport, which for me growing up was all about freshman comes in, they get better, you get to know them, you get to know the personality of the team, and now you're telling me this is not the paradigm anymore. I'm sure there is some youthful nostalgia in there that's saying, ah, that sucks, and it kind of does. We can admit that. I'd also admit readily that, hey, These players should be able to make money and they should have the freedom to move. So it is kind of on the coaches who are making buku bucks, mind you, to convince a guy, hey, this is a program worth staying in. It is a bit of the wild, wild west. I think things will equalize at a certain point, though maybe not in the next few years. But maybe some of my frustration stems from, oh, this just is kind of lame. Just kind of lame. And, uh... Getting used to it. I, I I felt like such a swaggering fan after the Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer one-two punch, the Sky Clark edition, thinking, oh my God, I think this roster can be better than the year before. And I still think that on paper, there were parts of it that could have been. It didn't coalesce the way that it should have. You lose Sky Clark mid-season, you lose Jaden Epps. Again, do not overlook that and just say, eh, whatever. Maybe you improve, but again, until you do, I, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. And that's, I think, the final point I wanna make about this particular Eye basketball program in this moment right now in Brad Underwood and the future of Brad Underwood. I got to see it. It's not do this or be fired, but it's I'm going to maybe work a little bit at arm's length until I see one of two things. One, an overall feeling of stability begin to settle in this program, right? Stability meaning with the staff, which I feel I think you feel pretty good about, though those might be my famous last words. I don't know, but Some continuity with the staff, which I think they're in good shape with. And then also some continuity on the roster. Realizing that you are not going to keep everybody, ever. You aren't going to, right? And that's okay. I think we're willing to accept that. But you'd like to get to a point, like let's take Virginia. I was trying to think today of examples of programs that haven't lost much to the portal. I'm pretty sure Virginia has been pretty level. Well, Tony Bennett's been there longer than Underwood has here. He's had more time to develop his culture and the identity of the program. That probably helps. But I need to start seeing that. So on one hand, what I need to see, it's the intangible feeling that you can't really see, but you just know it. Oh, Underwood's got this thing humming. It is truly his program now. Last year, there were some chinks in the armor and some moments where I thought, I don't know how good of a handle he has on this. Thus, how good of a handle does he have on the entire thing? It was the first time in a while I've had those questions. And then secondly, you got to win some stupid NCAA tournament games. You have to. You've got to stop sucking in March. You must. And that's really it, right? We could be sitting here a year from now and (laughs) remember March 28th, 2023 when Jaden transferred and... RJ might soon, and who the hell knows who else, and we were just really scared, and <laughs> oh man, what how funny that was. I would love to be in that position, and we very well could be, but again, I gotta see it. And it's okay to take a wait-and-see approach, not fire Brad Underwood. I'm not saying that. I mean, Jesus. I had someone on Twitter today, I, I said, continuity in the backcourt is important. Seems like a rather innocuous statement, and a fair statement when it comes to the game of basketball. Regardless, a guy whose avatar is Doug from King of Queens said, uh, cry about it. I'm like, yes, exactly, because that's what I am. I'm I'm balled up in fetal position in the corner of my studio, despondent because Jaden Epps is leaving. I'm not crying about it. (laughs) He kind of sucked the last month of the year. However, I'm just saying, whether it's the evaluation part or the recruitment part or the retention part, get some guys in the backcourt that are... Here for more than one freaking year. You know, Sky Clark, yeah, I bet his parents kind of suck. Okay? They probably kind of suck. And they babied him, and now he's going to a sixth school in six years. And I don't, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not one of those wish him well. I don't know the kid. He could suck, and I really don't care. I don't wish him ill, but I'm not going to go to sleep at night saying, oh boy, oh boy, I hope Sky Clark does well at Louisville. A team that won four freaking games in Division I last year. Pathetic. But that Podzimski, no one would have predicted that. And, you know, he's lighting the world on fire in a lesser conference. But you could have used a shooter this year, and he didn't get a lot of playing time last year. I don't know. And then you get Jaden Epps, who will transfer to a Power Five school as his talent level would indicate. That's where he should go. He's not going to go down. He's going to go laterally. And then you go down the list. And it's just starting to pile up. Andre Crabello was a unique case. That guy is a head case. And unfortunately, the sad part of the head case part of that is you wonder how much the concussion or concussions last year did Andre Crabello. Because, boy, uh, he he's not right. And that's, I'm not trying to make light of it. Uh, he is mentally not in a good place. Or so it seems. Hey, A.J. Storr transferred out of St. John's So look for his name. And then Adam Miller, you know, okay, maybe it was his mom. I don't know, but Christ, you recruited him. Didn't you know mom was a little bit weird ahead of time? Listen, all all I'm asking for, for the highest paid employee in the state of Illinois, I think, have a better handle on your human resources aspect here, okay? A human resources department has to deal with the hiring and the firing of people and all that stuff, Right? I don't know, my knowledge of business is pretty limited, but let's just go with it, okay? Have a better handle on your personnel. I would expect as much of a principal at my school if we continue to lose good teacher after good teacher after one year, I might start asking, well, what the hell's wrong with the school? Apples and oranges, I get it, but like, hold them to a high standard. I I ask the same thing, and I know it's, again... Maybe not a fair comparison, but during the Levy Smith era, some people, if I I held that guy's feet to the fire, the fandom part of us doesn't want to hear it. They don't want to be told that this guy's not holding up his end of the bargain and not earning that paycheck the way that they should be. I don't know if Underwood's at that point because he's raised two banners and he's raised the program out of the doldrums. But I'm saying now that you're here, we don't need to continue to play the game of thanks for making us not suck. And therefore, you have carte blanche to do whatever the hell you want. That's not how it works. You got us to a certain level. It's still a what have you done for me lately thing. It still is. And I don't know. Should my loyalty exceed that of the guys on the team? Because there ain't a lot of loyalty there. And the team I'm rooting for, the the names on the back of the jerseys continue to change. Maybe I need to reevaluate the whole damn thing. But it's okay to hold them to account. That's it. And hope for the best. And take a wait and see approach. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. A couple things here in the comment window. Nothing but pain says, this frustrates me, but I'm excited to see if we can grab some better pieces in the offseason. Like, like you said, we need some continuity. And I think that's it. Nothing but pain. We very well could get better players. We could. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, get a taller point guard to replace Jaden Epps. Get a shooter. That'll go a long way. I mean, that, it's really simple. Someone to facilitate, someone to shoot. And maybe if the guy that facilitates can shoot as well, then you're really in good shape. Kenton says, agreed, it's not as fun. And this is in regards to all the names changing. Who's to blame, though? Not Underwood, if you ask me. Don't hate the players or coach hate the game. I, I get the sentiment. I do. And acknowledge it is happening to some degree most everywhere. I'm just saying when this continues to happen with the guys you handpicked out of high school and have that time to get to know them and get to know their situation and get to know their families, I just want a little bit better of a handle on it. That's all. You know, this reminds me two years ago, there was an Adam Miller Well, when he transferred out and I was just, talk about despondent. So the King of Queens guy on Twitter, you should have caught me two years ago. I was really, really worried then. And then you lose the assistant coaches and I thought we blew it. It's over. Lose the Loyola. Everything's done. iowa has gone. This all sucks. Kofi's probably gone. And then you won a big 10 title the next year. You were not in that Valley yet. As far as, you know, the pit in your stomach. uh Uh-oh, did we blow it? I think Underwood has proven enough and an ability to be flexible for sure and malleable when it comes to the macro coaching stuff. That yes, there are reasons to be optimistic. I'm, I'm just saying there are things that have crept in, that for the first time since year early year three, make me wonder. Okay, is this everything I hope it can be? Couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, spring football is in full swing. I highly recommend. There was a great Jeremy and Joey podcast on Alana Inquirer. Deep dive into football. And I feel like I'm probably a broken record on this, and it might bite me in the butt if this team comes out and they go 5-7 and seven this year, which I don't think they will. But it is so refreshing with all this upheaval. Right during the transfer portal process, we have football over here, right? And yeah, they lost four of their last five games. A couple of them in heartbreaking fashion. They, they stagnated. Especially offensively, they stagnated. So I get if people are not super pumped for football. I, however, am. I think one reason is the continuity that I'm not getting from Illinois basketball, I'm getting from football. you got eight of your 11 offensive starters returning. You have your entire front seven, for the most part, other than Calvin Avery, returning. One of the stoutest, if that's such a word, front seven in the Big Ten. And you got some things to figure out. The secondary, and we'll see about... Altmyra quarterback, though, uh, the whispers are, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. And I want to touch on that real quick, because Tommy DeVito obviously endeared himself to everybody. Tommy DeVito for a one-year stopgap. You couldn't ask for much more, though I think we would agree, in November, in the bowl game, he was not very good. It was really that Michigan State game, the first time that we saw cracks in the armor there. It was a windy day. The weather was kind of crap. The Purdue game, the weather was even colder, No, though not as crazy windy. The Michigan game, super cold, Northwestern cold. Uh, there's a theory, and I need to just attribute this to Trevor Valise. I got to throw it out to him. I think there's some credence to this. Tommy DeVito was a dome quarterback. He was at Syracuse. And he actually had quotes saying, I don't like cold weather games. I don't. I'm not that kind of quarterback. And the stats would kind of bear that out. Now, that doesn't explain away the Bull game where he was, I think, that was his worst performance. I hate to say it. I I really wish he could have went out in better fashion, but he missed a lot of throws in that game. All of that to say, as much as he endeared himself to us, and as much as any time he comes back, he should get a hero's welcome, especially as this program, if it's able to establish itself, we'll look back on 2022 even more fondly as the year that helped you get over that hump quicker than you thought. And Tommy was a huge reason why you started 7-1, why you got to eight wins. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Luke Altmaier, despite the lack of experience, to be able to give you something in the quarterback position that Tommy didn't always. He's not going to throw as high of a completion percentage. That is true. But maybe the deep ball comes into play more. Maybe he can use his legs over the course of an entire season because after the Iowa game, Tommy didn't really do that. Probably use a little bit you know, ginger down there. So I'm just saying, Luke Altmaier, I do not expect him to have a great season. But there's a lot of variables in quarterback play where completion percentage alone is not going to dictate whether he can be as effective as Tommy DeVito. He might just be effective in different ways. And this season's all about Barry Lunny. That, this is where I wholeheartedly agree with Jeremy and Joey, not Luke Altmeyer, not Reggie Love and Josh McRae. It's all about Barry Lunny. He did make a jump from year one to year two at UTSA. He did. And a lot of offensive coordinators do when they get their systems instilled. When you have eight of your 11 offensive starters coming back, even with the quarterback and and Chase Brown being the guys that leave, that can be a big deal. Well, it is a big deal, but you would hope that you can offset that a little bit being in a second year in a system. And I I think that that is, um, I think it's a fair expectation. They need to be better. They were around 80 last year in offense, which is better than the 110 they were the year before that, but it ain't good. You get to 60, 50 range this year. You don't need the defense to be the top defense in the nation. You got a favorable schedule. And yeah, Toledo, they're a tough Mac team, but you get them at home. Kansas, eh, that's not an easy game, but it's game two. And then boy, I think the back end of that schedule really lightens up. So we got more spring football to talk about as we will this spring. and We're four weeks away, I think, from the spring game and we'll get a tailgate going and I will be over there in Lot 31 just happy as a clam to be back at Memorial Stadium. I'm really excited for it because I do think that Brad (laughs) Brad Underwood, Brett Bielema, he knows what he's doing. The continuity on the staff and the roster tells me this thing is already stable. It's not as if the transfer portal isn't hitting football either. Maybe not to the degree of of basketball, but we didn't lose anybody other than Brian Hightower, right? No one went to Purdue with Ryan Walters. They stayed here. weren't you worried about that? I was. the the Alani fan and me said, "Oh crap! Please don't let Isaiah Williams go to Purdue with Corey Patterson." Yeah, you lost Corey Patterson, and um, oh god, who was the defensive co- co-defensive coordinator last year? Tim Kane. Yeah, you lost both of those guys, and those are those are losses. But I think the fact that everybody stayed tells you that they believe in this staff. I can't wait for that Purdue game. It was September 30th, I think. I would beat their ass. but Hudson Card on the ground eight, nine times. Put it right in Ryan Walters' face. I hope Ryan Walters goes 1-11 this year. Yeah, so I don't wish ill will for Sky Clark, but I kind of do for Purdue football. I kind of do for Purdue in general. I hope that Fairleigh Dickinson thing was the first, like, okay, go, go back to where you belong, Purdue. And I say that as an Illini fan, that basically we are at that same level in the Big Ten hierarchy, depending on how you look at it. But I want them to be humbled. Big Ten West division title, ugh, that game still haunts me. So let's have a year that capitalizes on the 8-5 and season. And if so, then I think you're in great shape because you're starting to develop depth. You're starting to develop an identity, and I'm excited. All right, from Justin, okay, a couple more Jaden Epps things. Justin says, wish Jaden well, but obviously the money and the limelight wasn't worth the hassle to him. And MyRedPellow asked, where did Epps transfer? We don't know yet, MyRedPellow, but I'm sure it'll be a Power 5 school. And I think there's a few rumored names out there, but he's from out east, right? Baltimore? He was a Frazier recruit, right? You think the toughness would be there? I mean, shoot, I don't know. I, I don't want to fall in the trap. I, I I'm okay criticizing players. I think it's pretty stupid to transfer after one year, period, full stop. And I mean, I thought to myself in my run today do these kids not have any friends? I mean, are they like feathers in the wind? They came in one year. He didn't make any friends outside the basketball team? Nothing, a girlfriend, anything to be like, you know what? This college experience is more than just bouncing around to three schools in five years. That to me, I mean, if we're speaking frankly here, of course it is. Who's keeping me from it? Make some friends. Jesus, you're in a college campus. Make some friends. Live a life outside of the oven, which I know is not always easy during the season, but just, "Ah, I'm out of here. Really? Just like that. Is he going to finish his classes? You see, this is is where I think the more we stop pretending this is amateur athletics and start really calling it what it is with the transfer portal and NIL, this is essentially semi-pro. These are the minors. So as time goes on, I'm afraid my tongue might get a little bit too loose with how I talk about these players if I know they're making money because I don't have a lot of patience for if you are going to accept money for what you do, you damn well better play your ass off. And that goes for really anything. You could be at a job or an office environment and you could see that one guy that's just collecting a paycheck and it, it probably should infuriate you if he is letting those around him down or if he's you know, adding undue stress to others. The reason why I was so critical of like a Matthew Meyer this year is I thought that guy had his head so far up his own ass and the lack of effort I thought was appalling at times and the body language was appalling. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. Leave. Bye. Epps had moments, though maybe quieter than Matthew Meyer. But again, like, I don't know, kid. Like, I, on one hand, I blame Underwood because of all this retention. On the other hand, I'm like, Jesus, just stay at a school. Adam Miller from Chicago. No, I'm going to go to LSU. Baton Rouge sounds fun. I'm sure Baton Rouge is fun. But that was your first idea, and then Wade wasn't even there for more than a year. What a numbskull move by Adam Miller. It still is to this day. Guy could have built a legacy here. Maybe he would have plateaued. I don't know. Because that's what he did at LSU. He plateaued. But he was a pretty good freshman, and I think he could have grown, and he could have been the Illinois guy at Illinois. But no, I want to go play at LSU. Wow, great move, Adam. Frustrates me with Underwood that we couldn't keep him, but also, are you kidding me? So, listen, my big takeaway is there's stupid all around here. This is nuts. It annoys me, as you can tell. (laughs) And, fine, we're going to go get some new shiny toys, and I'm okay with that. And they might be better toys. But, come on. Like, pick a lane, Ah, uh, that's just not the way it is, I guess. I, I sound so freaking old when I say that. I'm 36. I'm not that old. But I am quite annoyed, again, as you can tell. Uh, last point before I get out of here, not to start Illini Media Wars or anything, but listen, the last week and a half got a little bit screwy with Brad Underwood rumors, and I addressed them in a very speculative, uh, kind of just let's get it out of the way thing. My my, The one thing that made a tiny bit of sense was if Kansas State makes a run and Texas wants Tang, you know, the guy that went into the Florida Atlantic locker room. Hey, guys, I just want to say you're the top sons of guns we ever played. Go the hell back to your locker room, Jerome Tang. I think the guy's got a messianic complex, and I'm not just saying that because he's like uber Christian. But he goes in the opposing locker room to congratulate them. Get the hell out of here. You aren't Coach K. And even if you were Coach K, go back to your locker room. The the looks on the faces of the Florida Atlantic guys were, huh? Why, why is he here? They have Dusty May. You think they want to hear from Jerome Tang? Dusty May's a hell of a lot better coach than Jerome Tang. And will probably be leading Indiana to a bunch of Big Ten titles in the next 15, 20 years. Hooray for us. But regardless... What the hell was my point? I'm losing my, oh yes, okay. So the the thing I could have seen was Tang goes to Texas, Kansas State opens up and then they reach out to Brad Underwood or back channels Underwood's agent to Kansas State just to see because it's kind of like a homecoming form and I thought that makes a little bit of sense. However, from what I know with what little sources I have plugged in, there was one alumni outlet that just kind of recklessly threw stuff at a wall and hoped it would stick. Um, and, and the way everything shook out kind of really illuminates this. And that would be Alani guys. You know, I had a, do we call it a kerfuffle with Kedrick Prince um, back? This was the Nebraska Alani football game when he gave the ticket office phone number. And I said, dude, if you got a press credential, you you, you shouldn't be doing that. I got a fan podcast. I'm not saying, hey, guys, here's the number to the ticket office. Make sure we pack the stadium. I, it'd be nice, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a shill for the ticketing office. Alani guys, they they threw stuff at a wall. That's what they did. It didn't stick. And I think that what I would ask for from Alani media types, because there are all stripes of, of them out there, and you know that, man, okay, great, Carp is probably biased towards Alani Inquirer. I know Jeremy. I've worked with Jeremy. I know that he is very much a journalist journalist, sometimes even to like my chagrin. I'm like, God damn it, him and his principles. <laughs> you know, like, uh, um, he is... Even in conversation, he has that very kind of like, okay, stoic, I'm not going to go with it until I know it. And that's what you want from a beat reporter, from from a reporter, from a journalist that's covering something. He's got that, I'm confident that Derek and Joey have that too, right? So yeah, I guess you could say, if you want to call that bias, fine. But I just think that they are doing their due diligence a little bit more than what we saw with the Illini guys last week. And what happens is, like a game of telephone, this turns into a whole big thing on the message boards and all that, and yeah, I I just don't see how. Uh, there's no real way to hold things to account if you got a subscription service. People are going to subscribe to the things that they want to, but I don't know. I, I guess I just ask: Do you do diligence if you're if you're going to get the credentials right? And this leads me to one final point. Uh, you know, this is I'm not, again not trying to start a lot of media wars. I'm just saying I think. If people want to criticize me, I'm more than happy to hear it because I try to stay in my lane, so to speak, and try to be introspective to know, okay, what is my role? What is my aim? I'm not going to get a press credential. I'm not going to ask for a press credential. I don't deserve one. I shouldn't get one. I should have to buy my own ticket to these events. Robert Rosenthal, he writes and he podcasts. He writes really long articles. He's kind of the Bill Simmons-esque writer of Alani sports and I know where his heart is at with being a fan but recently he had an article that I kind of take issue with as another quote-unquote fan perspective and I would say this to his face the same way I'm saying it here I do think that if you are going to take a credential if you're going to ask for a credential there's certain things you just gotta kind of do there's a There's this kind of unwritten code that this is the way you got to go about it. And if that's old school, okay, so be it. But this entire article he wrote was essentially a sob story about not getting the press availability and the the time to meet and talk with players and coaches that the likes of a Jeremy, Joey, and Derek are getting. To which I say, well, why should you? You're writing a fan column. You're recording a fan podcast. If I start writing a blog, I'm not going to email Kent Brown, who's retiring, or whoever's going to take over the SID role and say, can I get a press credential? Buy your ticket. I don't know. And it just turned in, it's like, why Why is this like this existential crisis? I, I did not understand what the main point of it was. So I guess my main point to the, this, to wrap a bow on it, which I haven't been too eloquent with it, Alana guys, if you're going to do the journalistic thing, do the journalistic thing. Don't just throw crap at a wall, which they know they did. <laughs> don't just throw crap at a wall and see if it sticks. And if you're Robert Rosenthal and you want to be the fan perspective, then be the fan. Buy the ticket, take the ride, as Hunter S. Thompson would say. But if you don't get the super awesome press access that the likes of Iwana Inquirer or a Doug Bouchon, or a Brad Sturdy get, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but that's that's their role, and this is your role. Own it. Be the fan. You know, it's just, ugh, God. You caught me on a particularly surly day. <laughs> you know, like, it ain't school. School's great. Sometimes you just, you just got to fire up your butt, and I guess today was one of those. Hopefully I was fair in what I said. Other than saying Matthew Meyer had his head up his butt, maybe that was mean. But you know what? I Whatever. He's probably gone already. Is he even on campus? He's gone. He don't, he don't care. He's going to be getting a two-way contract in the NBA. He's going to be playing pro ball in Europe for a long time. It's not a big deal. Uh, one last thing from Brad P. Jim Madsen said on his radio show today that he expects Boo Booey to end up at Illinois. Wouldn't that be something? Well, uh, the names will trickle out. Maybe not trickle out. It'll be a deluge of names, and then we'll just kind of sort through them, but... We will get we'll we'll have a roster. It will be a, a roster with some talent. I think we can say that with some certainty, knowing Underwood's history. Does it coalesce? That's the question. And can you get some continuity? We won't know that question until next offseason. Hopefully this is the last name, though I mean, do we really expect it to be the last name? I don't know. History would suggest otherwise. But while that is kind of the reality, I'm just saying, ugh. Does it have to be? All right, I'm going to get out of here. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will respond... I mean, listen, if it's just like RJ transfers or something. And again, the reason I say that is he changes his avatar and his bio on Instagram, which I know that sounds so freaking stupid. But that's what Jaden Epps did yesterday, too. And then, sure enough, here we are. So if that were to happen, I'm not going to do a separate podcast for RJ. I'm not going to do a separate podcast if Sincere Harris comes out tomorrow. You guys know my thoughts on this in a macro sense. And... We're just gonna have to roll with it and see how all how the roster looks when the dust settles, and it might be a month, it might be two, but dog on it, we'll be here the whole way. So. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks to DPDO online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdo.com. Also, State Farm Agent Brian Hanson online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Give them a call today at 217 841 4728. That is Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. For champagne, uh, champagne, champagne showers, Geez, I'm sorry, guys. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. And for my inability to get words out of my mouth, that might be the cue that I should probably wrap this puppy up. So have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you soon. It is the 200 level.